I'm going to start off this morning with a great truth, and the great truth is this. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. I do, we do. We need Jesus. Now, I believe if you see him, if you truly know him, you will love him. I, I, I believe if you can see his character, if you, if you see his heart, if you know of his kindness and his mercy and his grace, if you, if you see, if you know his love, I believe you will love him. But it doesn't change the fact that love him or not, see him or not, you need Jesus. Today, I think sometimes we get in the trap of acting like we have to somehow market Jesus. We have to make him appealing or we have to somehow make him attractive in the hope that someone would receive him. When the fact is, people need Jesus. In fact, they are doomed, they are lost, they are hopeless without him. The truth today is this, people need Jesus. Today we're going to continue our series looking at the Christmas names of Jesus. Our goal is to behold Jesus through the study of these names. The first week, if you remember, we looked at Emmanuel, God with us. And then last week, we looked at the singular name described in Isaiah chapter 9, the name called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Well, today our message is entitled, The Name We Need. The name we need. Today we have one verse, Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, the name we need. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 21, it says this. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Let me read that again. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come today. We are thankful for this day. We're thankful for a new day. We're thankful for hope in Jesus today. We're thankful for the forgiveness of sin in Christ today. We're thankful that we can gather as your people, redeemed, not of any work that we would do, but in, in your finished work of the cross, and that we could worship you, and that we could hear from you, that we have, we possess your word, your speech to us. And I pray now that as we continue in this hour, I pray, Lord, that it wouldn't be normal. Pray it wouldn't be something we could just come and check off and get over. But I pray, Lord, that you would meet with us today, that we would meet with you now you would speak to us. Lord, we come and we do tell you we do love you. We praise you and we thank you. We commit this hour to you. We submit it to you. And I pray all of it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This week I saw a video of the Pope. And he had, he was there at the Vatican. He had a receiving line. And people were in this line waiting to see him. One of those that were waiting to see him was a young boy whose father had recently died. 
When it came time for the young boy, he, he made his way up there, and he, and he said that his father, uh, before he died, professed to being an atheist. He was an atheist. He did not believe in Christ. He did not believe in God. And the little boy said that he worried about him, that he was worried about his eternity. Well, to that, the Pope had a discussion with the young boy, and then he had the young man sit down, and he took a microphone, and he said, addressing this entire crowd, that the man must have been a good man to have had this son. And this man must have been a good man to allow his four children to be baptized, especially since he did not himself believe. And then he said, God doesn't turn his back on good people. And he assured the boy and all of the crowd that this lost man, a professing atheist, was fine because he was good. Now to that, you can imagine the crowd cheered. The little boy took hope and the, the crowd cheered in joy and approval. That may have appeared to have been kind. It may have appeared to have been good news, but the reality is it was an outright act of evil hatred to this boy and to this crowd and to all who would hear, it was an act of hatred. You see, the truth is those people will find no hope in being good people. And I want to tell you what a miserable thing to lead them to have a false hope. Those folks will find no hope in being good people. Listen, there is no hope in being a good person but they will find it in the person of Jesus Christ. Those people, in fact, all people need Jesus. That is the message of the gospel. That is the message of good news. People need Jesus. Today in our verses, we're gonna see the good news and we're gonna see why it is good news. Today we are going to see Jesus is a name of promise. We're going to see Jesus is a name of provision, and then we're going to see Jesus is the name of preeminence. Those three things, Jesus is a name of promise, Jesus is a name of provision, and Jesus is the name of provision, all in the same name, the name Jesus. Now, I'm going to go ahead and read Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 all the way to our focal verse, verse 21, to let the Bible set the context for us this morning. So I'm going to begin this morning in Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. God's word says this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be a child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Verse 21. 
She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I want to read verse 21 again. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All right, the first thing we're going to see as we look at this one verse, we're going to see Jesus is a name of promise. Jesus is a name of promise. Now, the name Jesus is the Greek form of the Hebrew name Yeshua or Joshua. In the Old Testament, it would have been Joshua or Yeshua. It literally translates in the Hebrew, Yahweh is salvation. God is salvation, or the most literal translation for Jesus, for Yeshua, is the Lord saves. That's the most literal Hebrew translation, the Lord saves. And so Jesus means the Lord saves. Jesus means God is our salvation. Now I want you to see this. This name was given by God himself. Now we've talked about this but people did not come up with it. Uh, Joseph did not sit around and devise it. Mary did not choose it, one of her favorite names. No, it was announced by angels, and it was given by God. Now, that's an important thing. This name was given by God. In Luke chapter 1, verse 31, it reports that the angel Gabriel was sent by God this time to Mary. And he said, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you shall conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. The name was chosen by God. The message was sent down. The name was chosen by God. Now, a verse we looked at last Sunday night, Luke chapter 2, verse 21, it says this. And when eight days had passed, before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus. The name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Before he was ever conceived, it was the name given by the angel. Again, it is very clear the name Jesus was chosen by God himself. Now, I want you to put that all together. And I want you to see what that means what that means is the name chosen by God and sent in a message from God reveals the promise of God, and that is that he himself will be and in Jesus is our Savior. Do you see the promise in that? You want to know today what hope do we have in a lost and hurting and broken world? What hope do we have? Friends, we have hope we have the promise that God himself will save us and Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is a name of promise. Second, Jesus is a name of provision. It is a name of promise. God himself will save us. Jesus will be our Savior. It is also a name of provision. Notice there in our birth announcement in verse 21, it says, for he will save his people from 
their sins. Now, that's no small declaration. For he will save his people from their sins. I want you to get this. The reason we need a Savior, the reason we need Jesus is because of sin. We need to be sure of that. We need to understand that. The reason we need a Savior is because of sin. Now, I want you to understand, in our sin, the Bible says we are ruined. We are perishing. It translates, we are, we are ruined. It's that heavy. Listen to that. Hear that. It doesn't mean because of sin we're in a tough spot. Some folks think that. It doesn't mean because of sin we've got some hard times to face, but you know what? I'll climb out of them. Some folks think that. It means in our sin we are guilty before God. We are condemned in our sin We are hopeless in a remedy of our own. We are ruined in our sin. In your sin, in my sin, we are ruined. Today, we live in an age where people want to make light of sin. We live in a day when people in their pulpits don't want to talk about sin. We want to to hold up Jesus for all these reasons, but not as the Savior for sin. Well, today, I want you to understand Today, this very day, in your sin, you're cut off from God. Understand today, in your sin, God doesn't hear your prayers. That's what the Bible says. In your sin, God can have no part of you. In your sin, you're awaiting not your judgment. There's some folks thinking, I'm waiting on my judgment day. No, the Bible says you've already been judged. You're already guilty You are waiting on the penalty of death. In your sin today, friend, you, we are ruined, hopelessly ruined. And in that context, the verse says, he will, Jesus will save. The word for save, it is the Greek word sozo. It comes from that word. It means to rescue It means, here's my favorite one, to deliver into safety, to make well, to restore, literally to save. Jesus will save. That's the promise. He is called Jesus because he will save. Listen to me today, friends. Salvation is in Jesus. Jesus saves. For he will save his people. The verse goes on. He will save his people. Now, I want to know who are his people. Now, that's a very important question. Who are his people? He's going to save his people. Is this a limited group? Is it an exclusive group? Are, are you part of his people? Are we part of this group? Well, I want to remind you, we saw in John, his people, his true people, are those who believe in him. To all those who believe in him, the Bible says in the Gospel of John, he gives them the right to become children of God. And so understand, his people are those people that would believe in him. And so I want you to understand, anyone can be part of this group. Anyone who believes in Jesus is part of this group. It says, for he, Jesus, will save his people 
from their sins. Understand today, be sure, in Jesus, our sins are paid for. We just went through the study of John. We saw the second half of that gospel, really more than half of that gospel, is dealing with the crucifixion, the death of Jesus for sin. In Jesus, our sins are paid for. In Jesus, God's wrath and his anger for our sin is poured out on Jesus. It is received by Jesus, and it is settled, paid for in Jesus. That's what the cross is about. It's not some some imaginary thing, some superstitious thing. It is the wrath, the anger of God poured out and settled in Jesus. By faith in his work of salvation, the cross, we are saved from our sins. Folks, understand today that is our need. Understand today that is the hope of the gospel. That is the reality we have in Jesus. Understand that is the good news. We are saved from our sins in Jesus. One of my favorite pictures of our gospel is the truth that though I am guilty, and I'm talking about me, I'm guilty in my sin. I committed my sin. I'm guilty of it. Though I am condemned in my sin, though I have no remedy of myself, though I am shamed Because of my sin. One of my favorite pictures of the gospel is that in the grace of Jesus and in the work of Jesus, the Bible says, though I am a vile sinner, all the things, and if you knew all the things so terrible, though I am a vile sinner, the truth of the gospel is in the grace and the work of Jesus, I put on his righteousness like a robe. Like a robe I put on his his righteousness, it's not mine. It's his perfection, and it covers every sin I've ever committed. And my sins are covered in the perfection of the beautiful, perfect Lamb of God. Listen to me. That is the gift of Christmas. That is what we have in, in Christmas. The righteousness of Jesus covers our filthy sin. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. All of that to say this. Jesus is a name of promise. Listen to me. But it is a promise fulfilled. And in Jesus and his finished work of the cross of Calvary, we have the provision of God's salvation for our sins. Listen to me today. Jesus is more than a promise. He is our provision. Listen, we ought to be excited this Christmas season. That's the good news. He is more than a promise. He is our provision. In Acts it says, and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Listen to me. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Merry Christmas. That is the gift of Christmas. 
Jesus is a name of promise. Jesus is a name of provision. The third thing we're going to see today, Jesus, therefore, is the name of preeminence. Go with me. Jesus is the name of preeminence. Because of the promise of God that God will save himself through Jesus, and because of the provision, salvation is secured and offered through and in Jesus, understand, Jesus, therefore, is the name of preeminence. Jesus is the name of preeminence. I want you to listen. I want you to hear every word of this. Folks, if you are going to know anything, we live in a day where we've got facts and we've got figures and we've got information and we've got videos. Listen to me. If you are going to know anything, if you are going to know anyone, if there's anyone that you're going to know, anyone that you're going to know, if there's any name that you know, if you don't know any other name, listen to me, you better know the name of Jesus. You better know the name of our Savior, Jesus. You see, there is hope in no one else. Listen, do you see how, 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 how hard that is? There's not hope over here. There's not hope over there and hope somewhere else. There is hope in no one else. There is peace in no one else. Do you understand? There is not peace. You'll not find that there is peace in no one else. There is salvation in no one else. Did you hear that? You won't be right with God. You won't go to heaven. You won't have eternal life. You won't know God outside of Jesus. But I want you to hear me today. But there is in Jesus. Listen to me. So of all the names... There is one that stands alone. Of all the names of all the ages, there is alone one that is worthy of worship. Of all the names that have ever been uttered by men or angels, there is one alone that is God, our Savior. And for this reason also, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We have hope today. We have peace today because we have a remedy for sin today in the person of Jesus. And there is no other name worth knowing. There is no other name worth exalting, worthy of exalting than the name of Jesus. Jesus is the name of Christmas. Let's pray. Every Father, we come. We praise you today. We thank you today. We come as sinners. We're not pretending. We know. We know our sin. We can dress it up. We can get some distance from it. We can move on. We know our sin. We know what we did when we knew better than that. We knew what we ought to have done and we didn't do it. We know our sin, Lord. We know the punishment for our sin is death, separation from you. We know the mess that we've made in our sin and then today we see you. It's the hope of sinners, the remedy, the promise, but more than that, the provision. And so because of that, we hold your name preeminent. We hold up the name of Jesus. 
Lord, I pray for a church today excited about Jesus. I pray for a Christmas celebration excited about Jesus. I pray for a month where our focus is on Jesus is born, the promise is made, the provision comes. Lord, I pray that you're exalted and that you're known in, in all of that. I pray for some that are listening today. Here in person, maybe some other means, I pray for some that are listening that do not know Jesus. Maybe they've never heard of the promise. Maybe they've never received him and accepted his finished provision. Lord, I pray that today in their sin, and the guilt of their sin, the weight of their sin, the tiredness, the drudgery of carrying their sin, I pray that today hearing the preached good news of a risen remedy for sinners, Jesus, I pray that they turn to you today. And I pray that they settle it today, that they finish it today. They not wait another hour, but in the, in the hearing of a Savior, they turn to you today. Lord, I pray that you move in their heart. Remove any barrier, remove any hindrance. I know it's your desire that none should perish. So I pray, Lord, that fruit comes today from the preaching, the hearing, and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, we come and we just tell you again, we're thankful. We're thankful for your love. We're thankful for your grace. We're thankful for our salvation. We praise you for it. During this time of invitation, Lord, we just ask that you would move. We give it to you. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close our service with a time of response. What we're responding to is the word of God, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. What you're responding to is Jesus himself. Jesus is the good news. I'm going to tell you the good news today is this, no matter your sin, no matter how great it is, no matter, no matter the regret you have over it, for it, God loves you. He sees you and he knows you. He knows the hurt. He knows the separation, his desires that you'd be saved. And so in his grace and in his marvelous plan, he sends his only begotten son. And he comes and he lives, he never sins, that he could go in your stead, in my stead, to the cross, and he could take my punishment and your punishment and pay for it there, settle it there. That's exactly what he does. He pays the penalty for sin. It's paid in Jesus. It's finished. They place him in a grave. He is dead. He's paid it in his blood, paid it with his life. Dies my death, your death. They put him in a grave. Three days later, he walks out. He is alive. He's defeated death. The receipt is issued. He holds it in his resurrection, in his life. And he stands as the risen king, our risen Lord, the risen lamb. The Bible says if you will trust him, not in church membership, not in doing a bunch of good things, not in meeting somebody's expectation list, but by faith in Jesus, not in being good, by faith in Jesus, you shall be saved. He'll save you today. If you've never trusted Jesus, do it today. If you're listening by some other means and you've never trusted Jesus, do it today. He'll save you today. Just a second, we're going to stand and sing a hymn of invitation. If God is speaking to you, if he's spoken to you, I'm going to ask that you would come forward. If you need more, more information, you have a question, you come forward, let's settle that today. If you're receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to encourage you to come as well. We'll tell the church. If you're requesting baptism, the Bible says that Jesus, in fact, says in obedience to him, this is how we demonstrate our testimony. It doesn't save us. It's not part of our salvation, but it's a picture of our salvation. It's a testimony to our Savior, Jesus Christ. If you've never fallen in believer's baptism, you come as well. The Bible says it's always by immersion 
a picture of what we believe. It's always after a person is saved, not part of it. If, if, if you've put your faith in Christ, maybe recently, maybe sometime in the past, but you've never followed in believer's baptism, you come as well. It'll be a great testimony. If you're looking for a church home and you've prayed about it and you believe God has led you here, you come as well. Together we'll serve his gospel, his name. We'll deliver his good news until he comes back and gets us for his glory. Maybe this morning you want to come and pray with me. Maybe you want to come pray at an altar. I'm going to ask that no one would stir about or head for an exit, but you would pray for those who are making decisions. If God has spoken to you, if you have a decision to make, you step out, you come on, I'll meet you here. So we stand and sing, you come on, I'll meet you here.